Welcome to After Hours with Dr. Sigalov, where he can share ideas and thoughts with you. He gets to the heart of the issue so that you can find the truth. The views and opinions expressed are his and do not represent the U.S. Army, DOD, nor the U.S. government. Dr. Sigalov was either off-duty or on approved leave, and Dr. Sigalov was not in uniform at the time of recording. Now, to Dr. Sigalov. Today I have a guest, and he is the president of Feds for Medical Freedom. This is Marcus Thornton. He's been a political officer in the Department of State since 2016. He, he previously served as a Border Patrol agent and in other capacities in the Department of Homeland Security since 2007 to 2016. Marcus has over 1,000 mission flight hours as a crew member with DHS and is a major in the United States Air Force Auxiliary. He speaks three foreign languages and is currently on a long-term training mission in his second critical needs language. Marcus is the recipient of three notorious honor awards for his recent work in defending human rights, rescuing victims of human trafficking, and religious persecution, and advancing national security issues. Now, he is here with us to discuss what he's doing to help um, the federal employees. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here. So go ahead and give us an, an idea of what you're doing with this organization and how it's helping the federal employees. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to speak to that. So our organization was founded in September of last year, the day that the mandates came out. And it started with myself and a group of colleagues and peers, both um, in my within my current uh, employing agency, as well as my my former colleagues uh, in the Department of Homeland Security, specifically in the Border Patrol, and you know we were talking about the mandates and what was going on, and and realized that nobody was going to stand up for us. Uh, everybody who would normally stand up for the employees' rights uh, against an employer when the employer is. Um, infringing on on our rights, like the unions uh, and employee associations. In this case, they chose to put politics um, ahead of the rights of those employees. And so we came together, um, pulled our resources, pulled our, our energy, and um, and decided to to work together to fight this. And since that time, you know, we started with six or seven people in September of last year. Today, we're over 8,000, close to 8,500 federal employees and contractors spread across every, uh, you know, every entity within the federal government that you can think of. And, um, you know, we, we're pushing on a number of legal fronts. Uh, I'm not a lawyer, so I, I uh, you know, I don't know, can't really speak to like the legal details, but um, we have, you know, really great teams of attorneys who are working uh, on these issues and fighting for our rights, um, it, both in the court of law, federal court, as well as through various administrative channels um, to make sure that, that our rights are respected as, as employees and as contractors. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a lawyer either, and I actually have to be careful, um, you know, which direction we go just a little bit, because as being active duty, you know, although none of my views reflect that of department army nor the du dod nor the government i'm still have certain things i can't talk about like lawsuits that affect the united states government 
that's just the one. And, the and I'm in the same there. circumstance where, you know, I'm in the same circumstance. Anything that I say obviously doesn't reflect, um, you know, the, any official position of the U.S. government. It's my, my opinion and my position only. And, um, but what we can certainly do is uh, talk about how we're encouraging other people in situations and how your organization, I mean, that that's incredible how quickly you've grown in an organization of people, like-minded people, at least like-minded enough that medical freedom is such a huge part and um, that it's it's grown so, so quickly. And it's been really encouraging to see that and to see the number of people who are willing to risk their careers. A lot of people in our organization have you know, st have had stellar careers, 15, 20 years with the federal government um, as an employee and or a contractor, uh, in many cases have never had any disciplinary ta action taken against them during their entire career. Uh, in fact, quite the opposite, the people in our organization uh, as a whole are the best of the best, you know, people who have received multiple awards at the highest levels. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, Really, all, all we want to do is be allowed to continue to serve our country with honor as we have, you know, for the last um, however many years we've worked for the government. Definitely, certainly for the last couple of years, you know, we've continued to show up to work every day uh, despite all of the restrictions, despite all of the challenges that we've faced and uh, and do everything that we can to to serve our country. That's great. And one of the things that I've noticed is the most important and you know, growing from such a small group to, you know, over 8,000 people so quickly. And I'm sure you have these little, these little pockets of um, either local groups or maybe little pockets of like text groups. Because one of the biggest things I've noticed is if you don't have a network, you can feel pretty lonely really quick. And when you're isolated and you're ridiculed, it's, it makes it much easier to give in to these illegal mandates that that they're now it would seem that they're trying to um use fraud to trick people into joining into a medical experiment that um they're not getting consent for so can you kind of talk about the these small groups and i don't know if you have those set up i'm I just assuming that you do because that's how it's kind of played out in in the realms that i know we do we've um you know it's been it's been encouraging to see how people have come together throughout all this. And uh, we still every day have people contacting us saying, uh, you know, we had no idea that you guys were out there, that anybody was fighting on our behalf. And, you know, I can't imagine being in a position where, you know, I would have gone through the past year not knowing anybody else who was um, standing with me and, and supporting the decisions that I was making. Uh, that would be incredibly difficult to 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 go through that um, but there are people out there who who have done that and uh, you know kudos to them because even surrounded by a support network um, when you get that letter telling you that you know if you don't comply if you don't comply with the mandates you're going to be um, kicked out of the workplace you're going to be a wall you're going to be written up you're going to be terminated um, and, and those are things that have happened to, to people within our organization. You know, it doesn't matter how much support you have, that's still a, a punch in the gut. And um, so, you know, props to, to those who, who have stuck by their principles 
despite being isolated. Over the past year, we have organized, um, you know, both geographically, you know, we have uh, chapters that are sort of geographically uh, located. So we've got, you know, our biggest chapter obviously is in the national capital region, um, as well as throughout other parts of the country and even abroad. Uh, but then we also have sort of come together by um, our employing agency. And so you have pockets of people within the Department of State, within the Department of Army, within, um, you know, Department of Justice, all of these different entities that you can think of. Um, and it's, uh, you know, a lot of what, a lot of our growth has come from word of mouth, from from one colleague to another within their workplace. Um, it's been hard to to grow as an organization because of the censorship. We've been deplatformed de from many of the social media networks. Um, we were, we've been kicked off of Facebook multiple times. We've been kicked off of or shadow banned, um, not only on Facebook, but also on Twitter, on Instagram. Um, we've had email service providers, um, kick us off of their platform saying that, uh, we were spreading disinformation simply by inviting other people to participate in legal challenges to the mandates. Um, email and, and so it's been, and, and so obviously, uh, yeah, email providers. Emails, I would assume. So, uh, you know, well, you would have to assume so. Otherwise, how would they know what we're promoting or not promoting? Um, wow. but you know, all that to say that, that, um, Despite all of that and the fact that the media um, won't, you know, doesn't want to cover this, uh, they only want to cover one side of the story, we've still seen phenomenal growth in the last year. And we know that there are still hundreds of thousands of federal employees and contractors out there. Even if you believe um, the statistics uh, that, that are being put out about compliance with the mandates, there are still at least 200,000 or more federal employees, uh, and that doesn't even count the contractors who are, are, you know, termed as being out of compliance with the mandates. And so we know there's a lot of people out there who, who haven't, uh, who we haven't reached yet. And, uh, and many of those people are, are, you know, out there on their own, um, and, and don't know the, the resources and community that we have for them. And so for those people, um, if you happen to come across those through, um, through this, um, this podcast, um, you know, I would just encourage them to go to www.fedsformedfreedom.org and, uh, you can join us there. You can sign up and receive our updates and be invited into our groups. And I'm definitely going to put that in the show notes at the bottom. I'm going to put that in the show notes at the bottom so that the listeners, the viewers, um, can find that easily because that's the whole point of you being here today is building these networks to where we can encourage each other. You know, a cord of three strands is not easily broken. Where two are walking and one falls down, the other one can help him up. And and that's what this whole Absolutely. thing is. And so our, our, you know, what's what's been driving me through this whole thing is there's, um, I think it's First Thessalonians, and I, I can't pull it up just yet, but it's um, when when a brother is frightened, speak to him in a way that will help encourage him. And that's, for some reason, God has laid that on my heart, and I've just, that's been driving me through this whole thing. And it's, whether the shots are good or bad, 
whether you like the shot or not, whether you got the shot or not, whether the, the idea is we need to come together, encourage each other so that you can have freedom and I can have freedom. And if we don't do that, eventually I get suppressed and let's say someone else doesn't stand up for me. And then when they come for them, there's no one left to stand and talk. And so what, what you're doing is just amazing. You're, you're, I'm, I'm very... you're... Sorry, you're absolutely right. And, and that's been another thing that has been really inspiring and encouraging over the last years to see how many people have joined our efforts who um, maybe, you know, in many circumstances, they were coerced into, um, into taking the, the, the shots against their will. Um, or in some cases, they, um, they still, uh, you know, they, they, they took the, the shots, they still believe that, that that was the right decision for them. Um, but they support the right to, to choose uh, to make your own private medical choices in consultation with your private medical provider um, and to not have your employer interfere in that process. And, uh, and you know, if, if this is allowed to stand and your employer can force you against your religious convictions or, or you know, maybe it's not even religious, maybe it's moral or, or whatever, um, you know, there are many different reasons that people choose to, to take or to not take the vaccines. Um, and I respect all of those decisions, but at the end of the day, what I believe is that everybody should have the right to make that choice, regardless of what that choice is. Um, and if we, if we don't stand up now and say that, you know, this, this bodily autonomy, uh, this right to medical privacy and medical choice, um, is, is, is a fundamental right. And if we don't recognize that and, and draw that line in the sand, then what's to prevent the employer from, from intruding into other aspects of your, of your life? Um, you know, the, the administration is trying to say that, um, if you don't take the vaccine, it's, um, you know, it's an undue burden on the employer and an impact on the mission. Um, well, you know, just as an example, uh, the federal government implemented paid parental leave, uh, what, almost two years ago now. Uh, and so what would prevent the federal government from now coming out with a rule saying that federal employees are only allowed to have one child? Because if they have more than one child, that negatively impacts the mission because then they're obligated to provide paid parental leave um, for X number of months, um, or I think, it, you know, however long it is. Uh, for that employee. Uh, and so and it's a really slippery There's slope a to go down. Yeah, absolutely. A country which limits how many children you can have. And, you know, China, everyone knows that. It's the same country that hmm, right. that I postulate developed this bioweapon to put into every service member and also into every citizen that was willing to take it. I can't, I can't, um, you know, I can't discuss, um, you know, foreign countries or foreign policy. Uh, right. you know, I'm not here that's as a, as a representative of the U.S. government, but that's... right. And, and, you know, that the, the thing, what we believe as an organization is that everybody has the right to do their research on, on the history of, of, um, of COVID, of the COVID vaccines, uh, to look at how, everything, how we got to the point that we are now and, uh, and to make their own informed decision on how to, how to respond to that. 
And and just because you know you're, you're a guest on today, I imagine there may be some people that haven't heard me speak before on some of the other topics. Um, the idea that it's a vaccine, you know, I mean, it's a common nomenclature that I oft, I even find myself using. But it's um, if you've never heard me speak about this before, it's not a vaccine. This is new technology that's never been used. I encourage you to go back and look, listen to some other episodes, especially episode thirty-three, the bioweapon, where I explain. And I show you with all the documentation behind me the entire time how this is a bioweapon and it's the lipid nanoparticle because um, it's it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking the lies that they have peddled to us and the fraud and the abuse and the, the gaslighting. And I mean, it's if Joseph Mengele could have done one percent and Joseph Mengele was the, the doctor in charge of the the, the Nazis and all the terrible things they did, if he could have done 1% of what has already taken place, man, he'd be as giddy as a schoolgirl. And so I want to applaud people for, for standing with you on this, this subject because this is, this is terrible. This is, this is almost to the level of destruction of all humanity. And I say almost because I don't want to say it is. It's hard to wrap my brain around that but I think we'll find out in the near future that it is destruction of most all humanity. And you had mentioned like the difference between vaxxed and non-vaxxed just yesterday. The CDC had said, I don't know if you've seen this on the 11th, the CDC said that the difference between vaxxed and non-vaxxed, the recommendations will now be the same. I did see that, and it'll be interesting to see if the federal government changes its posture on the vaccine mandates as a result of that guidance. I speculate they won't. Unfortunately, it seems like we're only we're only following the science. Yeah, unfortunately, it seems like we're only following the science um, when it's convenient for the mandates. Absolutely. Just in my you know personal experience, what I've seen is, you know, they there's these doctors that claim that I have said that it would change your DNA. I said, no, it could, we don't know. And we found out that it can in a test change human DNA in a test tube. I've told pregnant women, yeah, you probably shouldn't get it because we don't know what it will do to your baby. It could kill your baby. It could cause some other damage. We don't know. And other doctors have claimed, Oh, he said it would kill their baby. But, but now we know you're at 82% risk of losing your pregnancy if it's in the first two trimesters. And so like science doesn't matter. It's whatever, whatever they want, which the real battle in this is, is more of a spiritual battle. I don't know if you've, you've seen that where it's, it's almost like there's spiritual blindness that's taking place where people refuse to see or in are incapable of seeing the truth and reality around them. Well, in the Bible, it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? And I think for many people in our organization, this is a, a religious um, religious fight. You know, it's it's a fight for their for for their beliefs and their principles that are that are based on a religious conviction. Um, and you know, I think that that respecting those rights and those convictions um, is really at the heart and foundation of who we are and as Americans and what we represent. Uh, you know, our our founding fathers, our founding documents were built on this idea. Um, that, that 
you know, that everybody was equal and that everybody had the right to, to practice and to express their religion um, as they saw fit, you know, between, between you and, and, and your, your creator. And um, I, I feel like this issue, um, you know, is something that we have to stand up for, uh, that, that right to, to practice your faith and to, um, to make your decisions uh, based on, on what you believe uh, and what you believe to be morally right and morally wrong. You're absolutely correct. I mean, in Genesis, Adam and Eve stood naked before God. So they had nothing covering them, nothing protecting them, completely exposed and equal before God. You know, a lot of people want to say that, you know, the Judeo-Christian uh, background is sexist, this, that, and the other. Well, a lot of what it describes in there and these disparagent positions of men and women, it's it's not that they're condoning it. It's that's how nature is. That's how the rea- the world we live in is. But the very beginning, when God made both of them, they were naked before God or naked before the law. We have a statue that represents justice here where it's blind. doesn't matter what clothes you wear. doesn't matter what your rank or status is. The law needs to be equally applied to everyone, and it doesn't seem to be lately. I don't know if you've noticed that. Yeah, I'd, you know, this is all we're asking for is that these, these rights... Um, that up until a couple of years ago were, were very uncontroversial and sort of universally respected the right to freedom of religion, the right to freedom of speech, the right to uh, bodily autonomy and, and, and medical privacy, that those rights be respected um, and that government employees and contractors be treated fairly under the law uh, and, and be allowed to continue to serve as, as we have. I don't feel like we're asking for too much by, by asking for that. But. Right. I mean, we're asking for what should be done to be done. And for some of the people that you know, because this has come up in some of the chat groups I'm in, you know, hey, does anybody have information on Novavax, for instance? You know, well, what's the deal on Novavax? They're trying to push that on me. And the response I give you know, I also give some some references as how it it's you know minimally better if if any better still I would consider it poison, and I would you know don't do something you don't want to do. But the biggest thing is it's your right not to take it. You should never have to justify your right. You know, I don't go and say when I when I go onto Facebook if I if I still had it and say oh well let me justify my ability to speak freely. I don't go to my church and say, well, let's, let's justify how we worship God. We don't go to the gun store and say, hey, let me justify, well, <laughs> in some states you have to do this. Um, let me justify my purchase of this firearm. You know, I don't have to justify, you know, that I need to be secure in my personal effects. It's my right to not do it. Just as it's your right to not have to enter into a medical experiment that you don't want to. And you don't have to give any justification. That's the beautiful thing about it. It's your right. It's illegal for them to coerce you. You don't need justification why you need to, why you want to exercise your right. It's your right, and remember that that it's, it's the same type of freedom. And that's why we're so concerned about what we've seen in a lot of agencies where they're creating centralized databases 
of anybody who has asked for a medical accommodation, anybody who has asked for a religious accommodation to the mandates. Um, you know, pretty much every federal agency at this point has um, has created um, or rolled into some sort of database this information. And um, when these were were published in, um, I believe it was in the Federal Register, um, they openly stated that this information would be used um, or could be used in the adjudication of security clearances. And so, and, and that should be frightening to anybody to think that your personal religious beliefs um, could be held against you uh, when it comes to holding a security clearance. And for many of us, that security clearance uh, and maintaining that security clearance is so interconnected with the work that we do that if we lose that ability to hold that clearance, if the government comes in and says, you know what, because of what you believe, because of your religious convictions, because you asked for this religious accommodation, um, we can no longer uh, recognize your security clearance. We can no longer uh, continue to give you access to, um, to this classified information. Um, for many of us, if that were to happen, um, and in some cases that has already happened, uh, not necessarily based on uh, these databases, but based on um, failure to comply with the coercion and the mandates. Um, but when that happens, we lose our ability not only to remain in our current position, but also our ability to hold any other position within the federal government or even the private workforce, um, which requires having that security clearance. And uh, that, that should send chills down the spine of any American to think that um, religious beliefs would be a factor in, in, um, in whether or not somebody can serve their country. And, and kind of to kind of piggyback off that, I know you're saying religious beliefs and there may, there may be a few people out there who are like, well, I'm not religious, but I just don't want to get it. That's still covered under religious beliefs. If you're an atheist, if you're a Gnostic, if you're a Satanist, that's covered under religious beliefs and you can get an exemption for those reasons. It doesn't have to, you know, like let's say, let's say even if, for instance, you're Catholic and the Catholic church says it's a act of love to your neighbor. If you get this, which I think is absolutely ridiculous and there's no foundation for that in the Bible anywhere, different topic, different day. It still can be your religious beliefs and it can be your deeply held religious beliefs because they're your religious beliefs, not whatever you, you know, organization you, you, you say you belong to and you should still be granted those. And I did an interview with Davis Yunts and he specifically talks about that, how these laws, these religious accommodation laws also apply to people without religion who are a-religious, who are atheist even. They still protect them because it's the same idea. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on with us for sharing your testimony, for sharing all the work you're doing, for getting the word out there to encourage others. Where can we read more about you? Can you, can you mention that again? And as I mentioned earlier, I'm going to put in the show notes at the bottom, but this, this is a way for people to get engaged with you. How can they get engaged with you? Yeah. Thank you, Sam. And again, it's, it's been a pleasure to be here today. A pleasure to speak with you. Uh, those who are interested in learning more can go to our website, fedsformedfreedom.org. Um, you can find us on uh, for now, on all, this, all the social media platforms, um, for those where we have been kicked off in the past, we've been able to get back on, although we're still shadow banned. And so um, a lot of times our, our uh, 
information won't come up on on your timeline. Um, the best way for people to follow our, our efforts is to go to our website and to sign up for our emails. Um, and for those who are federal employees or contractors, um, we'll send you, when you sign up for those emails, we'll send you a welcome email with additional information on how to get involved in our efforts. And it's so important how one person can make such a big difference because there were so few of you when y'all started and now your, your group is, you know, 8,000 plus. That's, that's amazing. I, I wish I could, you know, have be that kind of leader, but I just, I'm not organized like that. Um, but I, I think it, it's it just really, absolutely amazing. It really has been amazing to see the growth and to see what we've accomplished. Um, and it, you know, I, obviously I couldn't do this alone. Um, it's everything that we've accomplished has only been possible through the support of, of thousands of federal employees and contractors spread across the world. Um, you know, just as, as one example of our successes, our organization, it was our organization um, through our, our, one of our, our law firms that, uh, that filed a lawsuit on our behalf. We're, we're the ones who obtained the injunction against the federal government on behalf of all federal employees um, against the, the mandates. And that went into place back in January and is still in place today. Um, next month in, in the Fifth Circuit, um, we'll go to, to federal court again and there will be a hearing um, on our, our lawsuit. We're looking forward to that. We're looking forward to um, our attorneys having an opportunity to, to further explain um, and, and, and discuss how these mandates are illegal um, and, and should be overturned um, forever. And you know, our, our hope is that um, is that Congress will, will also take action to ensure that what we've gone through in the last year um, will never happen to federal employees, well, really to any American uh, ever again in the future. And uh, you know, that's um, sort of the next the next phase of our efforts. But um, you know, we're we're just getting started in this fight. And um, there's still a lot of work to do to make sure that uh, mandates like this are, are never allowed to, to be put into place again. Well, thank you, Marcus. You're clearly a warrior for God and for truth and, and a leader amongst men. And, and I applaud you. And I will be praying for you. My family will be praying for you. I'm sure many of the listeners and viewers will begin to pray for you and, and share your information if they haven't heard about you before. And you're you're doing an amazing job. This is this is the the courage is contagious that I always say. This is courage being contagious. And I want to applaud you for that. Well thank you. Thank you for the support. Thank you for the prayers. Um, we need all of all of it that we can get. And uh, you know, we'll 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 keep fighting. As I always say, hold the line, honor first. That's right. Well, thank you, sir, and thank you for joining me in this, this, this battle to make courage more contagious than fear. Thank you.